It's time for Talking Tauntauns! Your Star Wars source at AIPTcomics.com Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Tauntauns, the official Star Wars podcast for AIPTcomics.com. I am JJ Travers and I'm joined today, as always, by Nicole Herview and Jim Lahane. We're your Star Wars dream team from AIPT. It's been a long week for some of us <laughs> and i'm ready to talk star wars it's that that's that's your own fault for you know growing up and becoming an adult and getting a house and all, all that and getting married it's it's all that fun stuff oh yes. yeah you're a big boy so much congratulations fun. <laughs> i keep telling myself getting a really nice home moving in mm-hmm. with my my life partner <laughs> lots of good things will come after this incredibly stressful period you'll be fine and then and then you just hit like baseline stress for the rest of your life yeah great nice jim uh (laughs) yeah every every day there's a new email or call from the loan officer or the lawyer with some strange problem or thing that they didn't tell me about that i have to figure out asap we're supposed to close in like four days, and I don't think it's going to happen now. It's not going to affect my rate, thank God. But yeah, I'm I'm glad this doesn't only happen to me. Like this seems like like you get a random email. Like ju- by the way, like you need to contact us immediately because apparently there's an oil company with lease rights on your the land you're going to buy. What? <laughs> like when? Wouldn't this shouldn't this come up like you know before we were going to close? <laughs> That sounds great, guys. I'm going to just keep living in this apartment forever. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Um, and because of the move and the wedding, we forgot about movers, which we wanted to use for the furniture. Oh, so no. everyone is now booked. But I did find, I called 10 companies today, and uh, two of them could actually do it. And they both wanted 1400 to $1,600 and we're moving and have moved like 80% of our stuff already. This is just for them to move some furniture, zero boxes. And it's a 40-minute drive. So I just said, screw it. I thought for the first time in my life I wasn't going to have to deal with it. But I texted a few of my friends. They're going to help me. I'm not paying that much money to have a few pieces of furniture moved. It's insane. Also, you're paying that much money for the people that couldn't get booked. So this is like yeah. the, the lowest rung on the totem pole. Um, do you want them moving your furniture? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. See, I, I would have done the opposite, JJ. I, my whole like philosophy has lately been throw money at the problem. Um, <laughs> if, even I, if you I, don't, I know have that it, too. <laughs> figure it out. Uh, but you're smart, so I'm gonna I'm gonna applaud you here. <laughs> we'll see how smart I am after like how my back <laughs> feels that day and the rest of my body. I can't seriously injure myself because it's uh you know I move in and then in less than thirty days I have to host a wedding reception at my house. So it's a few things that need to be worked on. <laughs> yeah, we only hired movers. Like we had planned on moving everything ourselves. Um, and basically we got a, a pod, a pod truck and oh, we had cool. planned on doing it entirely ourselves, except for, I got into a little accident and I could barely walk. And Jeez. so this just like literally last minute movers that had to come in and load the truck. And then we tried to get movers to unload the truck, but that turned into a big kerfuffle when the, they wouldn't drop off the truck when they said they would. And so 
the movers were going to be here and the truck was not. And so we just canceled everybody. We're like, we'll just do it ourselves. Just, just leave us alone. <laughs> Woof. Never move, kids. Don't do it. Never move. Um, we did get our first wedding present yesterday, though. This is my last piece of real life before we talk about a galaxy far, far away, which is super cool. Um, it's a Polaroid at-home instant photo booth. Oh, which, dope. Oh, nice. So you can, like, hang it up, and it has a built-in, like, um, looks like a miniature iPad, basically, that's taking the pictures. And you can, uh, it has, like, basically built-in filters and all sorts of really cool stuff that you can do with it. And it can instantly share the photos via Wi-Fi to the devices of people who are taking the pictures. Or it has, like, a little slot that if you want to print them out, they just pop right out. So that should nice. be a hit. So should Polaroid, be a good sponsor us. What? Yeah. Who that said that? Re- yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll contact Polaroid. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait There's to buy ad. all that film. It's not expensive at all. Yeah, okay. The ad's over. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter has a, um, got a Polaroid camera. And like it literally looks like a Polaroid, and I'm like old school like photo. I'm like, oh my god, they still make this. <laughs> yeah, it's retro now. Yeah, they're fun. Just like the film is absurdly expensive. It really is. It's absurd. All right, I guess we'll talk about Star Wars now. Yay! So <laughs> we have <laughs> a few pieces down, of news. Nicole, tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, Nicole is thrilled. No, I am. I am. I have a lot of half thoughts. Go on. I need this, damn it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We have some news, and then we have a bunch of comics, and I already know how Nicole feels. So if you're ready for that tone to continue, this show is for you. Um, So a few pieces of news. Your tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. Hello, what have we here? If you're into Funko Pop, and if you're a Star Wars fan, there's a really good chance you are, because I don't know many who don't have at least one. Uh, They announced a few new Funko Pops. Funko will be hosting FunCon. It's a summer virtual convention next month, and there's going to be a bunch of exclusive Star Wars bobbleheads that are available, and they showed off two. Uh, I think they posted them today. Yeah, today. Uh, so there's a Ray one, but they're specific in saying it's the Jakku version. So like she's standing on a little platform made of sand and she's got her um, outfit that we first see her in when we first meet her in The Force Awakens, which is always cool. I've got a Ray Funko. I would show you guys, but all my Star Wars stuff is popped up, uh, packed up, excuse me. It's popped up. Yep. Because pop, pop, it's, it's uh, all bleeding Funko together. <laughs> and then we have a imperial super commando which looks really cool it's in this like white and red armor um and this is from star wars rebels it took me a minute to like place where this was from when i first saw it but it's uh gar saxon's like super special body bodyguards on mandalore which is really cool oh okay yeah i even you telling me that i wouldn't be able to place these yeah, and, um, the Mandalorian arc is like one of my favorite arcs in Rebels as well. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. Still my favorite Star Wars show. Yeah, it's so, so good. I, I would agree. It's definitely my favorite currently. Bad Batch is 
Man, I can't wait to talk about Bad Batch in like two weeks because it's I getting have real good. I have thoughts, and and most of them are not what everybody else is feeling about it. Oh, I can't wait <laughs> I to talk about this. I haven't seen what anyone else is saying, but I just feel like the last episode. I was watching the last episode um, with my dude, and we both at the end of the episode were like, "That's it." But that's it. we were like, "Okay," and we moved on with our lives. Like, it was <laughs> I can't like, wait to talk he, about this. He literally said to me, "He was like, that was ten minutes," and I was like, "It was twenty-five, but it was." I, it felt like 10 minutes of stuff. Ha- anyway, it was it was wild. You get the rest of this conversation in two weeks, folks. Yeah, I'm going to shut up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Funko Funko's FunCon is August 4th through 6th. So if you want to grab these, you can get them at Amazon and GameStop. And I'm sure there's going to be a bunch more announced leading up and at the convention. Next, um, I know I'm old because of how excited about this next item that I am. <laughs> Dr. Squatch, a soap maker, uh, is releasing four new soaps. If you have Instagram, you've seen these ads because they are inundating, or at least not these specific ads, but ads for Dr. Squatch because he inundates my Instagram and I've never looked for soap online before. See, I've never gotten those. I always get like D&D ads and like tattoo stuff. Yep, not exactly that, but not this. I get makeup, guys. Um, but this, I might have to invest in this. So you can go with um, <laughs> Darth Maul's Ruthless Rinse, Darth Vader's Dark Side Scrub, Yoda's Wisdom Wash, or Obi-Wan's Only Hope Soap. <laughs> Y'all, I like it. <laughs> Is that stupid? Oh, no, That's... I think these are great. The, I love so the cool. I, I love the descriptions of these two. The Yoda bar is a beautiful emerald green. Obi Wan is a serene blue with brown swirls. Clear references to his lightsaber color and robes. Darth Vader a deep red with black swirls, and Darth Maul a shade of crimson. But it's in the scents and the textures that the creativity really shines and themes come come through. For example, Obi Wan's soap is gentle with a pleasant calming fragrance. On the other hand, Darth Vader has an aggressive scent with hints of amber and charcoal and a coarse exfoliating sand baked in. Do you guys think I'm going to get the advertising job? Yes. I hate sand. Um, that, <laughs> see, you could tell that one is uh, not Darth Vader's, uh, the one with the sand mixed in. Yeah, I'm looking right now. <laughs> it says Ruthless Rinse, which is Darth Maul. Wild, formidable, and bold, just like a Squatch Man should be. <laughs> And that's the one I want. So, uh, oh, Darth Vader's does have a, the sand. It has baked the sand. In. Yeah. Oh my god. It's because uh, you know he's supposed to suffer in torment. Oh, it's so he, he bad. Hates, oh, he hates okay. Sand. At the end of every one of these descriptions on their site, on the Doctor Squatch site, it says just like a Squatch man should be. At the end of all of them, like Scott <laughs> uh, Yoda's uh, wisdom wash, restoring, fragrant, and fresh, just like a Squatch man should be. And Obi-Wan's is aromatic, bright, and uplifting, just like a Squatch Man should be. Someone needs to look at this. Well, <laughs> what about a they, Squatch uh, uh, lady? Lady. Or, you know? or a person. Uh, they, yeah. They, at the end of their uh, little thing on StarWars.com, says the companies also work together on a clever commercial filled with in-jokes. Quote, you smell like you slept inside a Tauntaun. Well, guys, well, this exciting selection can be yours for thirty-two dollars. 
Oh, women what? can also use our products, so we encourage well, anyone to try it. <laughs> oh, guys, I I might have to do this and then report back. Please do. No, I want Darth Maul soap. It's mm-hmm. it's a problem. They put Maul on it. I want it. Like, we can get our actually, uh, Doctor Squatch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Forget it, Polaroid. We're gonna get Doctor Squash sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> Poor the, Los Dos. I saw the ad for this before I realized it was official um, because I <laughs> I'm apparently inundated with these ads. And the soaps actually look not just like the packaging because they only have the packaging shown on the Star Wars uh, um, story, but the soaps themselves actually look really cool. Like the they swirls do. are actually like um, yeah. rather vibrant. Yeah. Oh, on the Squatch and- site, and it's they're really nice. They look great. And it looks like the the little like underneath the soaps in the like special box they come in has each person's lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the attention to detail. Yeah, these do look cool. The swirls, holy crap! Like you said, they look great. Oh wait, Damn. I'm I'm just pulled up the commercial. I think I know. This is the guy. Is this the blonde guy with the long hair? You know the soap. Uh. The, the commercial stopped loading. That. Damn it. <laughs> There's like that guy on all the commercials with the beard and the long blonde hair who's like, your deodorant's made out of fake stuff. You want this. Uh, yes. Is that is that what this is? Yes. Okay. I do get oh. those ads. I just always immediately <laughs> click skip. Oh my God, it is him. He's wearing Jedi yeah. robes. Okay. See? I, I do get these and I know what you're <laughs> talking about. I was wrong. I can't I believe this wrong. guy got sp- sponsored for Star Wars. And his, you know what? I got to give him credit. He looks pretty Jedi-like in his robes. Wow. He must be doing well. Annoying commercial <laughs> guy got sponsored, official, got, got to work with Star Wars products licensed officially. Mm. Must be nice. Yeah. All right. Well, enough soap. <laughs> enough soap. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Thank Good you night. for listening. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got some more news. So last week we talked about the ridiculously cool Star Wars Visions preview that came out. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's like three minutes long. You can find it on YouTube in like two seconds. Um, it's a anthology anime series that's coming up. And when we were talking about the different films, uh, we mentioned Ronin and how it's going to be paired with a um, Star Wars novel uh, by Emma... Uh, Maiko or Miko? Uh, so the Candon? short is the short is the duel. It, that's paired I, with Ronin the book by Emma Miko Candon. I believe that's how you say the name. Um, and we finally got the synopsis. The cover art. Oh my god! So cool. The cover art is so awesome. Um, so we. We didn't know what this was about. We just knew that it had really cool animation and a like samurai-looking Sith. Uh, but they officially released the synopsis, and we have it for you guys. So here we go. The Jedi are the most loyal servants of the Empire. Two decades ago, Jedi clans clashed in service to feuding lords. Sickened by this endless cycle, a sect of Jedi rebelled, seeking to control their own destiny and claim power in service of no master. They called themselves Sith. The Sith Rebellion failed, succumbing to infighting and betrayal, and the once rival lords unified to create an empire. But even an empire at peace is not free from violence. 
Far on the edge of the outer rim, one former Sith wanders, accompanied only by a faithful droid and the ghost of a less civilized age. He carries a lightsaber, but claims lineage to no Jedi clan and pledges allegiance to no lord. Little is known about him, including his name, for he never speaks of his past nor his regrets. His history is as guarded as the red blade of destruction he carries sheathed at his side. As the galaxy's perpetual cycle of violence continues to interrupt his self-imposed exile, and he is forced to duel an enigmatic bandit claiming the title of Sith. It becomes clear that no amount of wandering will ever let him outpace the specters of his former life. Star Wars Ronin arrives October 12th. That sounds cool. It does sound dope. Did you guys notice on the cover? So the cover is very Japanese samurai, um, kind of inspired. His lightsaber has a sheath. It yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks and that, like the sheath looks like a lightsaber itself, like a it double does. blade. Yeah. And so um, if you, I scrolled down and like clearly like this wasn't an accident. They, they clearly gave the lightsaber a sheath. Somebody commented, why would a lightsaber need a sheath? Like, well, I'm assuming dope. that's going to be coming up in the story. And the this Del Rey response went, good question. Hopefully you'll discover the answer. Um, discover... Find the dis well. The English Hello. is not strong on this one. <laughs> um, discover the answer as part of the fun of reading. Oh my word! I'm not even going to try reading that. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you'll figure it out if you read the book. <laughs> yeah, like hey, read the thing before you're asking questions about the thing. Like, come on now. It's yeah, cool, though. I can't wait to read this. I'm really, really excited. The cover art alone, it just got me. Yeah, yeah this it looks is, so cool. This this was on my um, very excited for list because uh, it's just the type of story I like and that didn't diminish that whatsoever. Um, yeah, I would love to talk to the author about this book. Uh, so I'm going to make that a mission of, of ours. The, the cover art looks incredible. The animated short with visions looks incredible, and the synopsis sounds super cool. I don't know if you guys ever watched uh, Samurai Champloo or Ninja Scroll or any of that. No? Okay. Well, I have a ton of friends who did, but I never did. Yeah, that was. Uh, those are things I really enjoyed like in high school, um, and it's pretty much Wandering Samurai, so this is very much my jam. All right. Uh, I think we have one more piece of news before we get to comics. Jim, this is all you. Yeah, so um, a long time ago uh, in a galaxy here, about <laughs> 10 years ago, um, Matt, uh, Seth Green and Matt Seinreich were um, hired by George Lucas. This is before it was sold to uh, Disney was sold or Star Wars was sold to Disney. I'm doing well today. Um <laughs> And they came up with a show called Star Wars Detours. And um, my two co-hosts had not heard of this show before. So that's why I'm going to kind of give a, a background of it as uh, I, I'm well familiar with it because I, I had been paying attention. And th these are the guys who created Robot Chicken, which happened to be our favorite of the parodies when we did the parodies episode a few months back. And it still held up really well today. Well, they wanted to do something kind of in-universe, but not quite in-universe. It's kind of um, like family guy in space sort of thing. 
And so they came up with this show. They actually made and finished 39 episodes of this Star Wars Detours. And I had seen part of this because during Celebration quite a number of years ago, I don't remember exactly which one, they did a whole panel on Star Wars Detours. And they talked, they showed us clips from the show and they talked about like who they had coming on. It would take place shortly before A New Hope. And uh, it's basically like a bureaucracy where Darth Vader was the bureaucratic overlord and people, you had the Empire kind of working underneath them. And it was supposed to be really, really funny. And like a lot of people were very excited for this to come out. But then it got sold to Disney and we never really heard anything. And they kind of wanted, they put it on the back burner when they first announced it. And they had said they put it on the back burner because they wanted to perpetuate a image of the dark of Darth Vader as this brooding um, person to be afraid of. And they didn't want the kind of the jokey Darth Vader um, emo Darth Vader. Yeah. And so they, they wanted kind of some time to pass. They wanted all the prequels to come out. Um, or not the prequels, the sequels to come out uh, before this project ever got the light of day. Uh, and Seth Green had done a recent interview with Entertainment Weekly when this, again, was brought up. Every every time I feel like Seth Green gets interviewed, this show gets brought up. And he had said that um, the most recent conversations I've had with anybody who would be in a position to say when Detours could be released, say that it's not soon. And that it's potentially never going to see the light of day, <laughs> which I mean, is if- interesting because, like I said, this was a huge panel at Celebration. Like I saw, I like walked right by Seth Green at Celebration, and yeah, um, there thirty nine episodes complete, sixty two unproduced scripts. I mean, that's a lot of content to just never release. If you're gonna release the holiday special and like the old. Um, like Ewoks and droid shows and like all this stuff from like the 80s and 90s. Why not this? Seems weird. Yeah, yeah I think they, they're saying in the interview that a lot of it, since this show was created 10 years ago and kind of like a little bit after that, that it's a lot of dated um, comedy. And so it would need a oh, little bit of retooling. But still, it's like, even if it's dated, like, release it. But then we also have that live action um, Star Wars Underworld show that I, bel- I don't know if it ever got filmed or anything, but at least the scripts were um, completed. They had like 100 scripts or something like that. Like it, it, I don't it know if I even beefy. heard about that. Oh, that was another George Lucas project that he had commissioned, um, basically where Star Wars 1313 um, that came from and the Clone Wars where Ahsoka kind of fell down into like the 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 lower levels um that's that all stemmed from this star wars underworld show and i i think at least 50 scripts were completed wow but the show would have been way too expensive to film and so they were waiting until it got a lot cheaper um which it would be now with the whole um i don't remember what the the thing from the mandalorian the uh not the globe um that that filming whatever that filming thing oh the the big the the oh my god i know exactly what you're talking about i'm looking it up because it's gonna bother me yeah so now with that i imagine the show could be filmed but they keep moving like the story keeps moving forward that it gets to the point where all these scripts are no longer relevant to what they're working on my god what's it called 
Soundstage. It's Mandalorian Soundstage. It's called Hello. I'm so sorry. <laughs> See? Not the It's set everywhere. The virtual sets in the Okay, wait a second. What was the, oh. the What was it called? The the show. The show that it was about the making of the Mandalorian. What's it called? Because the uh, there's oh. an episode called that, right? Yes. The 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 thing they, they invented to film the show. I'm glad I'm glad we're, we're all on the same <laughs> We page. are a very good Star um, Wars podcast. What's the goddamn show called now? The Mandalorian. I know, but the one that uh, it's about the making of the Mandalorian. A uh, gallery? The yeah. gallery. Yes, 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 yes. The yes, volume. Yes. The volume. There it is. Oh, I knew it was something kind of stupid that didn't mean anything really. The volume. That was going to drive me up the wall. Yeah, yeah. That would kind of uh, reduce your costs, wouldn't it? Using the damn volume. That yes. thing's amazing. That thing's so cool. And so, like, I, I feel, oh, getting back on track. Finding the track. Let's, I'm looking for it now. Um, yes, with with the volume, I feel like a lot of those hyper-expensive TV projects would now be a possibility. But we keep moving away from the projects that like they have so many projects announced i don't think they would go back to the projects that um were announced <laughs> a long time ago that never happened yeah they got enough going on my god that thing is just incredible though it it really does change the game for what they can do with shows it does you know anytime i watch elf during the holidays and our boy john favreau's in it i just sit there and i go i know that guy way too well now Oh, Elf. You know? I'm and like, Elf. Alf. I'm like, yeah, he's an Elf. You keep watching Elf during the I holidays? I keep I'm watching like, Elf. I'm yeah, like, he's that a seems random like a weird... doctor. No, he's uh, like the Elf, the um, alien right. life form, the little short um, Gordon Chumway. That's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bud. I can have a whole podcast just on Elf. <laughs> well, maybe one day. It is not this day. <laughs> All right, should we talk about some comics? I guess. We can, yes. So, uh, we're behind on comics, and (laughs) it would honestly take way too long to read everything that we're behind on. So we decided to focus exclusively on the event that's happening right now, War of the Bounty Hunters. Uh, and thankfully we're not too far into this where it would just be unreasonable to read everything to catch up. We're about halfway through at this point. Not even actually. No, we're, we're about, about one, one third of the way through. Cause it's a six month um, yeah. thing event. So, so this is, uh, tying in every active, um, comic book, star Wars comic book series and adding a new one. So it ties into the, um, the title series, Star Wars, it ties into Bounty Hunters, Darth Vader, uh, Dr. Aphra, and then it adds War of the Bounty Hunters as a series on top of all of that. So it, except, so the only one it doesn't tie into is the High Republic. Yes, different timelines. Um, so basically, this is all about uh, the time period following the empire strikes back and return of the jedi um in between those two films excuse me and you know we all know how at the end of empire 
Han was frozen in carbonite, and then Jabba took him. I mean, uh, Boba Fett took him to Jabba, and you know, the rest is history. But this event is about how getting Han from point A to point B was not as straightforward and easy as it appeared to be in the films. It was actually apparently a war between bounty hunters uh, to get Han to this location. And um, Boba Fett loses him almost immediately. Yeah, so spoiler alert, we're going to talk about a lot of things uh, that happen. There's going to be new characters. There's going to be really cool um, surprises. There's going to be stuff people hate. All of this is going to be a spoiler-filled conversation. So if you don't want me uh, and Nicole and Jim to ruin this for you, then stop listening until you have read the comics. You are warned. Yeah, uh, when we were talking um, solo, Holly also uh, did um, spoil one of the character reveals as well. Did a baby spoiler. Big baby spoiler. But that's okay. That's okay. So this, uh, this, um, this, the fact that Han Solo did not make it to Jabba the Hutt immediately is not new to the Star Wars uh, canon. As we read, <laughs> um, as we read the uh, Shadows of the Empire book, uh, well, you guys our... read it. I read read fifty pages of it and then threw it against a wall. Oh, uh, because it's garbage. Because <laughs> I um... hated it so, so, so deeply. We didn't, uh, we didn't talk about it on the show because it, it's it's it was didn't go over well. Um, but th- that also showed the same time period as this comic series. It's kind of funny mm-hmm. that they they basically overlap just two different continuities. And um, but very similar circumstances where Han Solo uh, got got taken on a detour trip through uh, various other parts of the uh, the cosmos. Yeah, there's something about that whole concept that I'm like, wh- why? Like for me, it's just like okay, but why are we? Because like that book is like Legends, right? So it's not canon, yes. so it's over there, and it's like okay, that happened, and now they're gonna like add this to canon. Because something has to happen to Han uh, uh, while he's, you know, with Boba Fett. And Boba Fett can't just get from point A to point B because that's boring. I'm like, but why? why? I'll tell you why, why? Nicole. I'll <laughs> tell, tell me you why. why. JJ. I, I'm going to give you three reasons really quick. Oh, great. <laughs> One, uh, the mainline Star Wars comic book since it relaunched has been going through each era of the OT Mm-hmm. and now we're on this era so it does coincide with the mainline star wars sure. book which this is an easy thing to tell a cool story about two the book of boba fett is coming out this year on disney plus and mm-hmm. i mean why wouldn't they look for a story to help pump up the character that is going to be starring in that show it's a very easy marketing win and then uh three uh, the High Republic is ongoing, and this has a number of references to that already, and I expect a slew more to come. But that All doesn't right, tell so me why that we Han Solo can't get to Jabba the Hutt immediately. Right, like you could tell me any story about Boba Fett, and I'd be chill. You know, like he could. I drop feel like off I gave Han. you some decent reasons. No, you you correct. <laughs> um, but like he could drop that dude off and then go do something else. So you know, I think like, eh. I think part of the problem is the timeline that's been laid down for the movies. Uh, Empire Strikes Back takes place three years after A New Hope. Return right. of the Jedi takes place four years after A New Hope. 
Notice I didn't say how long it takes place after Empire Strikes Back is because we don't know how long Empire Strikes Back takes because they've never nailed that down because they don't want to give how long Luke's training is in specific timeline. Um, But we know, like, you're looking at the length of time between Empire and Return of the Jedi is roughly almost a year, depending on how long Luke is training. And so it took them a year to get Han Solo back. Right, so what were they doing? Why did it take that long? That is the issue. Did Han Solo not end up there in the first place? If he was there, what were, was everybody else doing? And so that's what they're trying to, to fill in yeah. that, that space of why did it take so long. That I, sounds like a Luke and Leia and Lando and Chewie problem and not a Boba Fett problem. You know what I mean? Like, logically, I would jump to they were forming a plan. Their plans failed. This, that, the other thing happened. Like, I just don't know... Why it seems like Star Wars can- canon insists, you know what I mean? When there are that it's a Boba answers. Fett problem, it's a yeah. Boba Fett problem and not the the, the heroes. Problem. And I don't, I don't mean to be like a Boba Fett can't fail person, like he can. I just like don't know why we insist on it. You know, like I I just I, there's something Bo- about it that I'm well, not. Well, he doesn't fail because well, we we know he that, eventually is gonna get him back. Correct. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. There's some. I think it's probably just the Shadows of the Empire book made me so angry that this entire space of time is. You only made it me. fifty pages. You don't I even. You didn't even hit the worst it. of it. <laughs> I could not cope with how bad that book was. I'm gonna get ripped apart, aren't I? I don't care. It no, was it's it's a generally agreed upon opinion. Okay, at least good. I will now, say this: it's terrible. It's so bad. I will say this. Um, I think your dislike of that book is totally justified, but a lot of these comics are excellent. Like, Oh, you're correct. Yes, the, yes, yes. Let, let's start with the Bounty Hunters alpha issue. Like, oh my God, Steve McNiven can draw. Holy crap. He's so talented. This guy was made to draw Star Wars. I loved this issue just because of like, the visual feast he presented us. Boba in jet black Mandalorian armor was so freaking cool. So just as a um, reminder, I believe we talked about the first two issues with Connor um, back back at the beginning of May when the, when they came out. So it's it's been Doing a very long time. Yeah, Here and Nicole hadn't gone through them before. So that's why no. I, I wanted to make sure that Nicole got, when we were uh, um, organizing this, Nicole got the very first issue of this uh this well, arc called alpha so good and thank you for that yeah that that was kind of the big moment for me too is is seeing boba fett in this armor and himself call him calling himself Django. i was like okay like that just like made my heart a little happy and then he just like beats the crap out of a bunch of people and it's just you mean like murders them <laughs> yes murder just murder everywhere it's really cool like that whole issue is visually stunning and super interesting like this starts off on the best possible foot for me so Um, to give a little bit of a background so for people who haven't read it or aren't uh, remembering what exactly the issue this kicks off the entire war of the bounty hunters where han solo starts to defrost and apparently there's an issue with his uh carbonite Carbonite matrix 
Yeah, so he takes him to a uh, a tech to get him fixed up. Um, Doc Doc Ragan, um, who is a Besilisk, the same as uh, um, oh, our favorite from, diner cook. Yeah, yeah, Dax. What's, I, Dax, Dax, that's it from uh, A New Hope, and so he attack I of the clones the species before I yeah, can. He's, he's an attack of the clones, bro. Oh uh, yeah, that's whatever. Whatever I said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't record at night. You, you, this is I like... don't know why you switched it to night. I can't do this. Sorry, I old know. man. <laughs> I, um, and so he takes him there, but he needs money to fix him. Boba Fett's like, "But I'll have money." He's like, "Yeah, that's nice. I need money now." And so that's where he has to enter this um, fighting, uh, like a gladiatorial combat um, event, um, yes. basically to to pay his way by doing a favor for Doc um, in return for getting Han Solo fixed. It's very Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Dude has to enter a, a thing to beat up a lot of people to win some money. And there you go. Bonesaw is stuff. ready. <laughs> Bonesaw. <laughs> so ridiculous. So, and when Han Solo gets back with the money after defeating everybody, including... Boba Sp- oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Han Solo's in the carbonite, bro. Yeah, when Han... <laughs> I don't see it again. Boba Fett gets back after defeating everybody. Um, he finds Doc dead... And Han Solo missing or stolen, I guess. Uh, well, I'm not gonna. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's technically yeah. missing. Both. He is both, both. missing and stolen. Um. <laughs> yeah. The. I mean, this was just like a point A to point B comic. Not a lot happened, but it was just like so action packed and so incredibly well drawn that I absolutely loved it. I I just can't say enough good things about how cool the jet black armor looked and. Wyram Lictor, uh, terrifying. I would Horde. love to see more of that character post being uh, squashed by Boba Fett <laughs> and a bunch of boulders. Like telling him how she was gonna like wrap him up in web and suck his insides out. Um, razor sharp teeth. I was like, okay, I am very into this character. So creepy. Like to my core, upset me, and I was like, I love it. I want a Star Wars horror book with this person. Like that's all I want. Just oh, yes, really sign me good. up for that, please. Really good. Yeah, I agree. The artwork is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I was rather, it was an interesting story, and that's kind of the first thing. Like I don't care a lot about the art, although there is an issue coming up where I hated the art. Um, so bad that it, it took me out of the story. Uh, but, um, like I love the art on this. The story was great. This was a perfect kickoff to this. It, it gets, it gets you excited for what's going to come because it, it is so well, well done. Yeah. So in between the alpha and war of the bounty hunters, number one, we have star Wars, number 13, bounty hunters, number 12, Darth Vader, number 12 and dark, Dr. Afra number 10. And some of these issues tie into this um, more than others. They all touch it in, in some way. Um, and some of these issues are also still like telling their own story about like what that comic is about. So if you're not reading these comics week to week and you're just getting them for the event, you might be a little confused. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to say that 
Darth Vader is my favorite Star Wars comic book right now. And, and um, if you are looking to get into anything in addition to this event, I can't say enough good things about that book. Um, and I want to touch on that because that introduced, as far as I know, this is his first appearance, Boku the Hutt, who is just jacked. <laughs> He's just this... <laughs> hut that is just rippling with muscles and i thought that was so funny he appears in the background of one of the issues first and i noticed him and then he he becomes a major character um yeah it is he has abs i'm looking for him right now because for some reason you don't my brain isn't pulling him up so i do want to say um for anybody following this there is a um basically a checklist release uh, order to kind of follow the storyline that I've needed on multiple occasions to kind of keep which comics go when in order. It is in the back of every issue. The problem is it's kind of switches around. Um, yeah. And that it's, it becomes a little more like they have it laid out like perfectly and then things get muddied. And then when you get to July, at least the, we've only been one issue into July at this point. Um, they dropped off May and June completely off the checklist. Yeah, it's weird because um, the other thing I noticed is we actually just got um, our review copies for issue two uh, and Dr. Afra number um, 12 today. So we I didn't send them to you guys because i just noticed like 20 minutes before the show started and i didn't touch them i figure we'll talk about them next time but Mm -hmm. uh what's weird is almost none of the july comics and um are even shown on comiXology like no covers no Hmm. official dates it's very weird so strange so i'm wondering if they might be having some kind of issue with um having these like ready to go or something I don't know. It's very strange because Jim's right. They they have changed the information in the back of the books as far as the reading order. And um, yeah, it's it's weird. And then when you're actually reading it, um, Bounty Hunters is probably the, the worst offender of this. Is that when you read Bounty Hunters, I think it was number 14. It even says right in the beginning. Yeah, it says the events of Bounty Hunters 14 takes place before War of the Bounty Hunters number one. And so it's not even in line with all the other comics as they're going. Cause a lot of them like feel like you were, they're continuing the story, especially like the second comic in this uh, star Wars number 13. If you didn't read war of the bounty hunters, alpha star Wars number 13 is out of nowhere. And it, like, yeah, it, it is, but it is a really good issue. I also really liked that. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of Luke's training and how he's developing uh, and you also get a cool callback to the Wookiees that Chewie freed on Kessel during yeah, a Rogue I One film. Yeah, love that. Yeah, there's a lot of Rogue One callbacks, like a lot, a lot, and you kind of figure out why pretty quick. Um, but yeah, it, it's cool to see Solo, see not not Rogue One. S- what am I talking about? Solo, said- yes, thank you. That was I my fault. I, I said Rogue One as well. I should have said okay. Solo. So we're all Sagwa. doing yes, excellent that's why, uh, tonight. We're doing good night. Um, Sag- Sagwa is the the Wookiee that um, yes. we see, and Sagwa is the basically the bald Wookiee in Solo. Um, yes. We see here has got a lot of his hair back. 
Yeah, he looks great. Happy for him. Um, yeah, it all makes sense, like, pretty quick. Why there's so many, like, they're clearly trying to jog your memory about Solo and be like, hey, remember this? And then it's like, here's a big reveal. And it's like, ah, that's why you did that. Real smart, you know? Um, yeah, it's cool. I, yeah. I was just going to make a big sweeping statement, but I'll wait a minute. So, um, and, uh, it's, so it's this issue, Star Wars number, um, which one is this? 13? Can't even find the number. Yeah, Star Wars number 13, which is this the prelude, the hunt for Han Solo. So all the prelude ones are what you were saying. The first month is basically all the their individual comic lines are kind of wrapping up their individual stories and trying to tie into this um, overarching theme. And here, uh, Luke is advised that... Um, they kind of know where Han is, or at least where Boba Fett is, or where somebody who kind of looks like Boba Fett, who's all in black and calls himself Django, is. Um, and so they are going to Narshada to try to track down Boba Fett so that they can find Han Solo. Yeah. Um, I want to focus on the positives. The uh, last panel on Darth Vader 12 with him in the darkness with Ochi of Bastoon and the outline of his cloak. Uh, so with, dope. With just the lightsaber lit. Like, such a sick panel. So cool. Uh, and and then at the end of Darth Vader number 13, first off, we get to watch him go head-to-head with IG-88, um, which is just great. Who doesn't love that? So cool. And then at the end, we get introduced to, like, a new weird evil faction with, like, all these different aliens and a droid um, administrator Moore, who we know is like one of um, Palpatine's Sly Moore. Like, yeah. Right hand people, even from when he was the, the uh, Supreme chancellor is apparently like a member, a cipher in the dark scorned and forgotten. And it's this group of five individuals wearing like cloaks with these like black gems on them. And yeah, I don't know what they're up to, but I'm super interested in finding out. This is really cool. So, like, this is tied to um, War of the Bounty Hunters, like, very loosely because Vader simply wants to find Luke and kill him. So, for me, I'm just like, you don't even really need to know that this... I mean, you wouldn't know that this is tied to the event if, if it didn't scream it at you from the cover in the first page. Like the story that's going on in here is so much more interesting than how it's tied to like the actual event, which I think is good because I, I don't think you should compromise the story of the book itself just to make it relate to this ongoing event. And yeah, it's I'm just like so curious about this and I can't wait to read the next issue to find out more about these people. Yeah, I I dig that image as well, but to kind of go off of that a little bit, that's how I feel about Dr. Afra. I'm like, what does this have to do with anything? And I think the answer is really not much yet, but I feel like they might be building to something. They definitely um, are. Yeah, because even in War of the Bounty Hunters number one, those characters are in like a panel. <laughs> like, that's it. They're just not relevant at all. And I'm like, okay, well, they'll tie in later. That's why they're here. Now, I'm being patient on that and understanding that this is a full arc that's going to take a while. It's a six month event, right? So, but otherwise, I, I'll be honest with you, I have no damn idea what's going on in that book. I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, 
I'm maybe maintaining some information, but I don't think so. Well, you that's know? what kind of feel like the bounty hunters, um, the bounty hunter like line itself. Um, it has not I've been, been having since it started. I've been I, having I'm problems not, with it since it started, sure. and it's not getting better tied into here. It feels so disjointed and convoluted. Like it, it's like, so stale. Yeah. The whole book is stale. That's like, my only word for it. And I hate to be mean because I know people work really hard on this stuff. And I know like in some ways their hands are tied because they have to tie into things like this. And so I feel bad ripping anything like this apart. But my God, it's rough. Sorry to interrupt, guys. But no, I no. Have you have a said lot it, of feelings. About you said it. it perfectly. It's, you know, I've been reading this since it started and I was so excited when a book got announced about, you know, bounty hunters and Star Wars. But I feel like it just never really has hit its stride. It feels, as you said, just so stale. It doesn't feel like anything impactful has happened in like the 13 issues that have been out. It's just like it jumps from story to story, flashback to flashback. These characters come in and and drift out and none of it feels like significant. Like I never feel like there's a payoff to any of these stories. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know what we're doing here with this book. It, It doesn't feel like... Um, anything significant is being told here, like the stories. I, and like you said, Nicole, I, I feel bad ripping the book. Um, cause like you said, I know people work really hard on it, but it's just not doing anything for me. Yeah. So for the, the story itself, Valence, who's our primary character is trying to go help, um, help Han Solo. And he's dragging along Dengar with him for some reason. And Forlom and, um, LOM, or for uh, Zuckus and for LOM are chasing them. And so you get a lot of our bounty hunters from the empire strikes back in this series alone. And so this series should be your tentpole series within the war of the bounty hunters, because it's called bounty hunters. It has all the bounty hunters and it is um, basically surrounding our bounty hunters and so you would hope this would be the best one and it is exactly what you guys said it, I, I just I I just have such a hard time following this comic and I don't understand if it's me or it it's just a difficult comic to um, follow and the, the jumps in characters and the jumps in time don't help because now you're jumping between various groups and you're jumping back and forth to um, uh, earlier times in Valence's life, and not even consistently. Correct. It's it's it all feels surface level, like it all feels like filler. And I'm like, this can't be. It can't be because like it doesn't give itself. And this is just from the two issues I've read, but it doesn't give itself room to breathe in any sense. So you can't really get on board with whatever's happening and what the story is because there's no time for it to sink in because like you said, you're jumping through time and space here with these characters that I have absolutely no like attachment to. And I think there's gotta be some, you know, some, you know, area or level of um, introduction to these characters in 
this book knowing that it's in a wider event. Does that make sense? Like, you know mm-hmm. that there are people like me who are going to be reading these issues that have not read the previous however many issues who don't know who the heck these people are. And you gave me absolutely nothing to grab onto. Whereas, like, Dr. Afra, I think, did a decent job of that. Of being like, here's some context, wink, nod. Like, you know, like, just a little bit of, like, at least, who are these people? And... Like bounty hunters just gives me nothing to follow. I, think, I just found yeah, that interesting. I think bounty hunters and Doctor Afra are where you're going to have the problems because Star Wars, you have the main movie characters. You're familiar with the main movie characters. Darth Vader, you have the main movie characters. You're familiar with those too. Um, Correct. And so, like, it's Valence, who is somebody that, unless you're following the comics, would probably have no idea who he is. And Dr. Afro, who has made a big splash in, uh, outside of the comics, she's not in any of the actual outside of the comic stories. She's just a, a name that gets talked about a lot. And so you wouldn't be familiar with her unless you really have been reading the comics as well. Yeah. I mean, historically, Dr. Afro has been a really enjoyable and strong book, but this event has definitely put some, some strain on it. Um, oh, yeah like just lucky and the other assassin that he's with uh, i like new readers are gonna have like you said nicole like no bearing for that whatsoever so it's it's tricky because events are designed i think to pull new people in and these are just characters that are off doing something and you have no idea why and they're not really up to anything so um there's not much to hook you with what there is though to hook you with is dirge so um this Yes, Jim just did an excited little dance. Um, and if they killed Dirge in this, I will be so angry. There's no way they're going to do that. Oh my. So uh, we had an, ish, uh, an an episode of the show, I don't know, just a couple of months ago, right, Jim, where we talked Back about Dirge. Back in April, I think. Yeah. Um, and the Tartakovsky uh, animated Clone Wars series from uh, back in the day in like early 2000. Um era and dirge was introduced during this as this uh bounty hunter slash um like leader in the separatist army fighting with ig units and giant lances on motorbikes and had this epic fight with obi-wan and has been like a beloved legends character for a long time so him being reintroduced kind of like set the the fan base ablaze when it happened and people are so excited for good reason. This is a great character and it was a great issue of um, Dr. Afra with like monsters and silliness and Afra being like a total douche as she's, you know, <laughs> has a tendency to be. Uh, so, yeah, I was stoked about this and I really enjoyed the issue as well. Yeah, not even having that context for Dirge, I was like, holy heck, this is cool as hell. Like, that whole issue, I mean, you got monsters that, like, are all, like, alien-style parasite crap inside of you and, you know, all that crap going on. Um, Crap is my favorite word tonight because I can't think of other words, apparently. Um, But I just think of the wrong words. Right, yeah, the wrong movies, the wrong words. We're doing great, guys. Um, but that whole thing is just like a mass killing in this like cool party atmosphere. And then, oh, by the way, big boy bounty hunter. Um, just like this is maybe the coolest thing I've seen in this event. Like I just besides Vader being Vader. Um, 
really into it. I think it was really, really cool. A great issue. And like this, like, gave me something, something to be like, that's interesting. Whereas Bounty, like, I hate to say it again. Bounty Hunters gives me nothing <laughs> like this. Bounty Hunters gives me nothing like this. Ridiculous is, boy. This, you need to watch um, the, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars series. Where I do. You, only you can only watch the ones with dirge in it because they they dirge is even um better than what we've seen in the comics so far um he's just over the top and yeah. it's absolutely hilarious uh and great. in the comics they did him perfectly i they they didn't go far enough with him which makes me think mm. that he'll be back and um yeah nobody no death he'll, oh yeah he is th- he is not dead and and he <laughs> and um in the original legends continuity the only way that he got killed was when Anakin threw him into a sun. That'll do it. So that's that's how he died in in Legends. So that's a he he definitely comes back like for, at the end of the Tartakovsky series. You think he's dead, but he's not really dead. Um, mm-hmm. He he does come back from that too. But jumping back to the first Afra in this um in in the event is Afra number ten, and this is the one. I they had to have a different artist do this one because I absolutely hated this issue. Afra did not look like Afra, and it was weird. Like um, Sana didn't look like Sana, and I'm like, who is drawing this one issue? Because then we come back to the next issue and everything's fine again, and like all the all the characters look like the, themselves. And I was like, I was so like I was so put off by this one issue that it, it like definitely. Um, kind of ruined the vibe because I love the Afra series. I love Afra, and it definitely uh, it, it felt off. But um, yeah, we're, we're running up against time here, but I think there's one more thing we really need to talk about before we get out of here, and that is where the Bounty Hunters number one, and we find out who stole Han Solo from Boba Fett, and it was Agents of. Crimson Dawn, who yeah, was. has returned, and uh, you you heard us talk about Solo a couple times this evening. Well, with Crimson Dawn is a new leader, someone that you may have seen before, someone that we were literally just talking about on the show uh, about Solo when we discussed the film and how we wish we got more of them, and here they are. Kira is back as the leader of Crimson Dawn, and they are auctioning off Han to the highest bidder. I'll tell you something. In Solo, I made a very... The Solo episode that we did, not in the movie. In the Solo episode that we did, I made a very bold statement. And I said, I want every outfit Kira wears. And it holds true in this comic. <laughs> I saw that outfit and I was like, I want that. Whatever that is, I'm into it. And then it was Kira. And I was like, I should have done known. Like, I, I should have been able to tell from this absolutely killer look with a W that it was Kira. But yeah, awesome reveal. Really, really cool. Like, the line, Han always wanted to save me. Now he'll get his chance. Like, hell yeah. Like just Kara everywhere all the time. I want. I'm done. Good night. Mm-hmm. So I think so. We are almost not. We're nine issues into this event, and besides the War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha and the War of the Bounty Hunters Number One, I feel like the storyline doesn't 
progress very quickly. And it's like, like we find out like Han Solo gets stolen. We find out it's Crimson Dawn and Kira that's in charge of it and they're doing an auction and everybody needs to show up to the auction. And that's kind of where all the comics are trying to get everybody together for this auction. But it's taking like you go from these comics that kind of like have this snap pace, like going so quickly to this trying to drag it out over this long period of time with all these characters. You now have like like what, 30 characters kind of trying to tie them all together it's it's probably the biggest problem with this is that one you have five comics coming out in a month um every week you have one of these comics and if one of them gets delayed it sends a big wrench into into the system and um we've already seen that happen where the uh the order of the comics has shifted randomly in the middle of the, the releases and not a lot's happening in the process of the comic. So you don't really have this urge to keep up with it as opposed to going and picking up a pile of comics at once. Yeah. It's interesting. You almost wonder if alpha should have come out a month beforehand. You know what I mean? Like if the, you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's late. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you said a pile of comics, Jim, we're getting, uh, I don't know if they're one shots or the start of new series, but there's going to be six comics in October and six comics in September. Um, and both and six include, in August. Yeah. And both <laughs> include, yeah, those three months, August, September, October have mm. either, no, and July has one too. These yeah. are either one shots or start of series. There's a Jabba the Hutt I, number one, an IG eighty eight number one, a Boosh uh, number one, and a four uh, LOM and Zuckus number one. In addition I, to all the ongoing series, I and think those are just one shots. I hope so for the bounty hunters, <laughs> or not yeah. even the bounty hunters, because Jabba the Hutt number one is one of them. So yeah, I mean they're all bounty hunters, and one of them is a you know crime lord in charge of. A ton of bounty hunters, and I want to read about all these characters. I really like the dynamic between Zuckus and 4LOM. I think they're really funny. IG88 is just like, you know, a longtime favorite. And, and uh, is Boosh actually Boosh? Yeah. Is it Boosh or is it, you know, a, a princess in disguise? We'll find out. So I am interested in all these things, but it's also like, God, guys, <laughs> so much to keep track of. I'm wondering if they're going to show us how Leia got the Boosh armor because we've actually already seen it in canon. In the um, Forces of Destiny uh, cartoon series, they did a where Leia picked... I don't know if they showed um, her actually getting it or just picking it up because uh, Maz was associated with all that. So you can actually see it now. It's on the... It's on Disney Plus as all the Forces of Destiny stuff. So I'm wondering if they're going to try to adapt that into it or kind of twist things a little. That'd be cool. Cool to find out. And we will. All right. Eventually. I think that does it, guys. We covered a lot of stuff today. We did. Uh, Yeah. We're going to get out of here, but we'll be back next week with a interview with... Jim, you want to tell him? You set it up. Uh, so we have, uh, Justina Ireland planned. So hopefully, Woo. uh, we, uh, nothing, nothing, uh, no wrenches get thrown into the works, but, uh, that that's right now. We, uh, we expect to have that for next week. 
So yeah, a fantastic author who's been pumping out some great content for the High Republic, and we're very excited to speak with her. So and yeah. we actually mentioned one of her upcoming projects not uh, thirty seconds ago. She is doing the Job of the Hut one shot. Oh yeah, she is. Forgot about that. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna do it. Um, join us next week for that. It's gonna be awesome. I'm really excited about it. Uh, you can find us on AIPTcomics.com for more Star Wars stuff. You can find all of us on Twitter at Talking Tauntauns. If you have a question for the show, uh, a question that, for us, or a question for Justina, who knows? If you send us something good, maybe we can ask it. Uh, ask her. Uh, shoot us an email, TalkingTauntauns at AIPTcomics.com. That's going to do it. We're going to get out of here. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.